0: The following Bible study is from the teaching ministry of First Baptist Church of Royal City, Washington. For more studies and information, go to graceteaching.net. And now, here's our Bible study. Let's have a word of prayer. And we'll start our study tonight. Our Father, we're thankful for the time together. Thank you for the time around the table. And uh, for, most of all, we really thank you for fellowship. We thank you for uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that we can spend time with, uh, not just here, but whenever we meet, whenever we uh, are together. We're thankful for that. Help us not to take that for granted. We're thankful for your word now as we look at it tonight, and we ask that we might be able to understand it clearly. Help me to. I express the things that are here clearly, and we would thank you for all of this and amen. So in John chapter 11, we move on to the next sign. This is the seventh of the signs in John. There is an eighth sign, as we've said, which has to do with the resurrection uh, of Christ, and we know that that's a sign because we're told that back in John 2, but there are seven signs, and you know you have to go with seven because seven's that special number, I guess. I'm joking. I, for some reason, we make seven the special number. Um, seven days of the week. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff I know that people develop this from. But in this sign, we're going to have uh, Lazarus raised from the dead. Um, I'm going to say this, I, I, I may mention this again at another time, but this is not the only time that the name Lazarus shows up in the, in the Bible. It also shows up over in the book of Luke. And over there in the book of Luke, we have Lazarus, who's a beggar that dies, and everybody looks at this and assumes, well, that can't be this Lazarus, and I'm like, why can't it be this Lazarus? Because it actually tells us that Mary is the woman that actually breaks this expensive jar of nard over over uh, Jesus and wipes her, his feet with her hair, and we read the account of that, and that... Count makes Mary kind of maybe a questionable person. And we go, how could that be? Because Jesus reached out to people. He talked to people like that. He didn't hold them at arm's length like the Pharisees did. And so I don't have a problem with the fact that um, Lazarus and Mary may be the same Lazarus and Mary that we Lazarus and Mary that we reach meet elsewhere. And the importance of that is. That in the Lazarus account, in Luke 16, when we, when Lazarus talks, or when uh, Jesus is talking to the rich man, and we should, let's go over there. We're supposed to be in John 11. Let's just go look at this as kind of a background thing. Going to Luke 16. And just keep in mind as I say this. Uh, not everybody agrees. I definitely have. I have uh, a few commentaries that they're like, well, "This might be," and some of them are going, "Oh, they, they, this this has to be a, a completely different situation." But to me, this is interesting. In fact, this last thing, Luke sixteen and verse nineteen, a lot of people say this is a parable. But the problem with that, parables don't have specificity, and this is specific because it has a man named Lazarus. Jesus doesn't do that in parables. He doesn't go, hey, Joe went out and planted his field and then the enemy say, no, he, he speaks in general terms, a man happened to go out and do this and a man did this. So notice in verse 19, Luke 16, now there was a certain rich man and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, gaily living in splendor every day. And a certain poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores, longing to be fed even with that which fell from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. And now it came about that the poor man died, was carried away by the angels to Abram's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. What a difference. Lazarus carried away to Abram's bosom. rich man dies, he's buried. Just kind of. And in Hades. Hades, remember, is uh, for, for point of reference. Here's the earth. Always like Ben Worth. He always says, they, you know, they believe this, this is iron and nickel, liquid iron and nickel. The, but, but the thing is, nobody's been down there. Because we, we, we barely have scratched into the surface of the earth when we mine, when we go down at shafts. I mean, seriously. I mean, we're just out there on the, the tip edge when they do this. But in here is a place that the, in the New Testament is called Hades. The Old Testament called it Sheol. Some of your modern translations represent Sheol by the word grave, which I think is inaccurate, because this is actually a place, and it's a place, according to Scripture, we're going to picture it like this, in which there's a place called the lowest, and David said that God saved him from the lowest Sheol. He didn't have to go to the lowest Sheol. There's a place that Jesus, or in this thing, is going to be called a chasm, and then there's a place up here that is called Abraham's, poor writing. Sorry, Abraham's bosom. Is that the way you spell that? I'm probably writing that wrong. Close enough. enough. Which we look at that and we think that's a weird way to describe it. But they're in a culture. Okay. So, so Christ came down here. Well, he's going to talk. He's going to mention this here in this passage. But he, but Jesus will eventually descend here. But Lazarus. Is down here. The rich man is, it just says, is in Hades. This just tells us where this is transpiring. And
1: okay. it also talks about
0: Tartarus. So and Tartarus is another, like Josh has been going over that the last couple weeks when he's been talking about those I'm angels. about the abyss, yeah. the sides of the
1: abyss. Wait, there's all kinds of things. Yeah.
0: And it actually doesn't even call it Tartarus. It says it's a verb. They were Tartarist, is actually what it says. Anyway. It's what? A, it's a, it's a, it's a, no, Sheol is just another name for this place. It's just the Hebrew name for this place. Hades oh, is the New Testament name for this place. It's the, the place, place, the, it's the place right? where the, the dead, dead go. Yeah. Before the cross. You and I don't go there now. That's was Jesus' promise. In Matthew 16, 18, he says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. The church doesn't go to Hades. That's what it means. It doesn't mean Satan. nothing comes out of there to torment the church because Satan and his demons don't work out of there. That's a medieval idea that's wrong. That's not what, at all what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about we're the first group of people that don't go here. We go directly into the presence of God. We go absent from the body, present with the Lord. That wasn't true in the Old Testament.
2: Yeah.
0: In fact, Jesus said this when he was walking the earth. He says at that time, no one had ever yet gone up to heaven. Jesus said that. Nobody's ever gone up to heaven yet. Why? Because they were waiting down here. They're, they're all, they're down there at the bus depot waiting for the bus to come along and pick them up and take them. The gospel train, we used to sing that song anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then all the saved...
0: And, and all the all the, the saved, saved believers. Then, when Jesus rose again, all he took went. all those saved people that were waiting, and he took them Whether all up they there. Were yeah, they all went.
1: Oh, there were no gentiles. All the oh, way. There would have
0: been before the time of Abraham.
1: All those people who believed it. Oh, that's right.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. All all true and believers. Yeah. All yeah. 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 When when Christ
1: went to the cross, the cross.
0: and died for the sins of the world, and then he rose on high and he took captivity captive. So all those captives in the center of the earth he took up to
2: heaven. Yeah. The unsaved are the still no there. The
0: unsaved are still there. In fact, the unsaved will be here even out into the future. So that there are unsaved people down there now. And there will be out in the future because they come out of there to be judged and then go to Lake Fire. According, to we're talking literally
2: in the center of the earth.
0: According, oh, according to Jesus Christ and the Old Testament prophets, yes. Literally, it's in the heart of the earth.
1: But nobody else goes there. The only unbelievers,
0: only unbelievers go there.
1: Well, I think I, I don't know
0: that I don't know that there's a distinction anymore because there's no believers down there at this point. So I don't know that there's still what we would call the lowest. The whole I don't know. I can't speak to that. I can only tell you what.
1: it just called Yeah. So
0: with that really fast blitz through this doctrine this this set of truths we go back to Luke 16 23 kind of give us a point of reference and in Hades he the rich man lifted up his eyes being in torment being in torment And that and see I don't have my Greek in front of me because it's but I believe that that's plural it's a plural I mean he's in torments plural and he saw Abraham off at a distance and Lazarus in his bosom. Again, the idea of the Abraham's bosom, there, that was always, I thought as a kid, was a really weird expression because, well, I thought it meant something different. But in their culture, it had the idea of, of to be able to rest. And we don't do this, but if you had a group of people together and they rested, they didn't lay their heads out on the ground. They leaned on each other. So you kind of have a group and everybody takes a turn and they, everybody uses the other person's chest to kind of like a pillow to lay their head on. And that's the way you'd lay around in a lounge. It's something our culture do- doesn't do. Okay. I can guarantee you if a bunch of guys go camping, they're all gonna be in their own sleeping bags. So So it's it's a just trying to give an illustration, it's a very different cultural situation. What? They
1: did They
0: did do that. A, yeah. So it was a very it was a something very cultural at their time that that these people would have understood.
1: Jesus did that at the supper of Yeah.
0: They didn't sit at tables like this. They sat at little short tables and they had pillows and they'd lean on one arm and you'd eat with your right hand and you'd lean on the guy next to you and you kind of just... So the Last Supper, pardon pardon to uh, um, da Vinci, was not... Thirteen people all down the side of a table. They're probably all wrapped around that table, but you can't so you can it paint. What are you going to do? You have guys looking over their shoulders in a paint painting, paint, doesn't work. So. so anyway, with all that said, it says in verse... Jesus
2: said, everyone gather around. Da Vinci's going to paint our pictures.
0: We're going to take, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Selfie. Yeah. So verse 23, and in Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried out and said, "Father!" A- By the way, then what that means is Lazarus is in a state of rest. He's in a state of repose. He's in a state. Of, he's relaxing. He's not down there having to bustle around doing stuff. He's conscious, but he's resting, relaxing, and he cried out and said. Father Abraham have mercy on me send Lazarus apparently he knows who Lazarus is. he says oh I remember that guy he used to be out my door you know and it was begging all the time send him that he dipped the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tip Can you imagine if you were you've been out hiking in the hot summer here for a couple hours and you came back in would you say honey could you bring me a drop of water on the end of your finger that'll st- to me, what that shows you is that a drop of water on the tip of his finger would have been so satisfying. It tells you how horrible the torment was. That one drop of water would be some would actually be relief. You and I don't maybe appreciate that. Uh, that it might cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. And Abraham, which again tells you some there's flame there. And Abraham said. Child, remember, during your life you received your good things. Likewise, Abraham bad or Lazarus bad things. But now, he's being comforted, and you were in agony. Besides all this, between us there is a great chasm. By the way, a geologic term. Okay, term for ge in geology for earth geology. why does he say Lazarus received bad
2: things?
0: Well, because he was a beggar. So he so he's eating and he's eating scraps, food that's fallen on the floor. Yeah, which you're like, I watched somebody pick up a pickle tonight, and they get it, and one stuck to it, and one of the pickles went flying off and landed on the floor, and the kid reached down and picked it up, was about ready to put it back in the pickle thing, where Jeremy and I were like, no, don't do that. <laughs> See, you would say, that was bad. If it's, why don't we tell them not to put it back? It lands on the floor, ick. You know, there isn't a five-minute rule for wet stuff, right? Five second, five minute. Yeah. I have a five minute rule. At my for me, no. Okay, okay. Back to our main study here. Sorry. Okay. So, besides, there is a great chasm fixed in order that those who wish to come over here, uh, to come over from here to you, are not able, and none are able to cross over from there to us. So, in other words, apparently there was this conversation. We don't know that this happened beyond this incident right here. But it's fixed, and apparently these people can look over here and they could observe what's going on, but they can't cross. They can't go, and they even could talk in this case. And I don't know how that works. I'm not. I, well, how do you see if you don't have a body? It, well, there's a, there's a very good point. Yeah. And he said, verse twenty. Then I beg you, Father, that you send him, send Lazarus now to my father's house. I really want you to get this part. Send me to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. (laughs) And he said, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And guess what's going to happen in John 11? a man by the name of Lazarus is going to come back and are they going to believe in him? Well, We're going to have a few, but most of them are going to want to kill him. They're going to want to kill Lazarus in addition to killing Jesus. I think, to me that means they believe anybody. Right? What? This all would have been up at the time of Jesus. This would have been right. Would have been right. Oh no! right here on this side. So let's go to John eleven now, and let's put in and see what we can pull up here in John eleven. John chapter 11 and verse 1, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha, and it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. The sisters therefore sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not unto death, it's for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified by it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister uh, and Lazarus. Wait. Yes.
2: Verse 4. This illness does not lead to
0: death. Yes. So, obviously, if we already know the story, he is going to die from this. But it's not going to be. That. It's not going to end permanently. He's going to change it all. It's right, okay. going to be a little bit. Is to God,
2: not so, what does Lazarus say? Yeah. Mine says this illness does not lead to death. That's different than end.
0: Um, mine just yes. says this. What is how did my, This sickness is not gone. unto death. Is the way the New American Standard writes it. It's facing death. Yeah, facing death. Yeah, pros. American Standard this sickness is not
1: to end death, but to
0: oh. hmm. to you. you have a You have. I have the 77 edition. You must have the 95, the updated. So. So, he goes on from there. Verse 6. When therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. To me, it's interesting. Verse, what is verse 5 telling you? When Jesus determines to stay in verse 6 two more days, what does verse 5 tell us? that help, How would we handle verses 5 and 6 together, the significance of those two statements back to back?
1: Well, it makes it sound like he didn't love him
0: very much because he just waited. Yeah, he
1: was He loved him. He should have run, run right over. Yeah, yeah. but he intentionally waited.
0: That's right. So, verse five is assuring us: Jesus is not being callous to their situation. It's not that Jesus doesn't care; he does care, but there's a bigger purpose. Okay, just because just because you want to do a thing doesn't always mean that that's what God wants you to do. And it's not that it's a bad, would it it have been of itself a bad thing to go right away and keep him from dying? No, but it wasn't God's plan. And so there might be something that in the scheme of things is okay to do, but it might not be what God wants you to do. Okay, so verse seven, and then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, or teacher, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? And Jesus answered. And if you remember, we just got done in chapter 9 where we had the, um, Jesus healing the blind man, and then we had the discussion which we skipped over in John 10 where he's talking about the good shepherd and giving eternal life. But all of that's taking place while they're down there in Jerusalem. And remember, they want, well, we didn't go through John 10, but they want to stone him because Jesus calls himself God. And they know he calls himself God. They see it. And that's why they want to kill him in John 10. Because he pretty much called himself God. And Jesus says in verse 9. Now keep in mind what we just came came out of looking at Jesus. When he heals the blind man. It was about Jesus being the Light the light of the world. So notice what it says. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day. He does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. Who is the light of the world? Jesus. Jesus. And he told them that. Walk in the light while you have the light with you. You're not going to have it. He was going to die, rise again, and leave. So he's not going to be walking around as the light of the world anymore. So they had a time to do it. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So when he's talking in verses nine and 10, he's not literally talking about, well, let's go now because the sun's shining. He's talking about on a mental spiritual level about doing what God wants them to do and walking this way while they're able to see Jesus doing these works. And if they walk, he says, if they walk in the night, that would be walking a time that Jesus isn't here for these people. And then they don't get to see that. And they stumble because the light but he said, "It's not that the light's not out here. It's the light's not in him." What's that? Go ahead. The day, or? No, what what he's getting at is, uh, and this goes back to when we were first looking at Jesus healing the blind man. We saw a statement. Look back in John eight. This is this is for you and I. John chapter, John 8 and verse 12, he says again in verse 12, again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me, he's talking about his disciples at this moment in time, shall not walk in darkness. They're not going to be like these other people, but they shall have the light of or consisting of life. That's what we have. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and this is going to be borne out as we go through this, you have eternal life. I'm not waiting for eternal life. I have it right now. Settled. Okay, I already have it. I'm not waiting for it. If you understand that, that life, when you use that life, you're walking in light. You're use, If you're using that eternal life the way God intends it to be used, that's light. You you see things that others are going to miss. And people are going to get to see what you're doing. Go ahead. I take that the
1: Jesus is saying, we're worrying about whether they're going to do something to me on
0: the line. That's right. And we're going to do this while we have the time. That's right. But if you're going to be these people that are always worried about this stuff. And all of this is kind of setting a stage for... All of this is setting... What? It's, it's not daytime nighttime. It's, it's light. It is light Jesus, darkness, not day. So is there a question?
2: Yeah, he's trying to still
1: figure out the daytime, nighttime, or the oh. light, dark. And I was just saying that it's not like daytime, daytime, and nighttime. It's, it's, it's the um, walking, being with Jesus while he was alive on earth was walking with the light. Right. Because
0: Jesus' the uh, light the light of the cross. That's
1: right. Yeah. But those that once Jesus died on the cross, if they didn't get a chance to walk with Jesus on the earth where he walked and listened to his teachings, they did not get the light. In the cross.
0: Or if they refused to walk.
1: Or if they refused to walk. and
0: there were a lot of people that refused to walk in that when he was there. They didn't like. They didn't like the light. They didn't they like didn't. watching Jesus' yeah. life. Because every time they saw Jesus' life, they realized how infinitely much we fail.
1: So was that the only time when Jesus was giving them life?
0: Oh no, I would say I would say through all his, through all of his earthly ministry, he's demonstrating the life of God in these different things that he's doing. So, did you have a comment
2: or a question? Okay, going back to. Oh, back to Johnny. Well, okay. Not John. Sorry. Yeah, John. Yeah.
0: No. Eleven. Johnny. Eleven. Yes, Johnny. Or John.
2: Eleven. Oh, John sorry, sorry. oh. So we have a problem with nine and ten. S U N versus S O N. There. Oh uh, yeah.
0: Oh, you have the word S-U-N in here? I'm just asking. Oh, yeah. So in other words, like Ronnie's explaining over here, um, he's using night and day as metaphors. They're metaphors for living God's life. Jesus living out God's life by his activity. That's the day. Night is when his life is not being seen. It's not there. It's not visible. You can't see it. And so, again, what he's, what he's well, trying to... do. he
1: uses to, that metaphor in John also where he says that you pass from death to
0: death.
1: Mm-hmm. And so light would represent life and darkness would represent death. That's right. right?
0: That's right. And you could
1: have them inside of you, right?
0: Yeah. You, you have eternal you have life, have yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it out is what's talked about being light. You may have eternal life. You may not be living it out, which means you don't look any different from an unsafe person. You still have it. You still have it. But light means there's activity. Yeah, yeah, there's activity.
0: And I would say, even if nobody else sees that light sometimes, because sometimes you're going to do activity and other people aren't going to recognize what they're seeing or something, you still see it. You're going, wait, that's not me.
1: That's, that, that's God's
0: light. Yeah. And so you're sometimes getting to see his work in you, but it also is emphasizing other people getting to watch that light being that life being lived out as light. It's visible. That's the whole. That's the whole reason he uses this metaphor of light. It's something that's visible that can be seen, that people can watch. They watch Jesus's life. They watch his the signs. They watch what he's doing. Okay. So has
2: nine and ten been answered for everybody or not? I'm guessing not.
1: Well, Uh, I mean, we're saying it's a
2: metaphor, but he said, why is he saying, that? are there not 12 12 hours hours in in the day? day? Is he saying, I'm only here for a short time. If you're walking with me while you're with me, then you won't stumble. But when I'm gone,
0: (laughs) you're
2: going to stumble because I won't be with you?
0: This is exactly what he's saying. That's exactly what he's going to say. But the thing is, he has also filled in another detail, though, for us that he filled in back in chapter 8. We have eternal life, so as a result, we don't have to stumble, because right. we can walk in that life that we have with us internally now. But I'm not seeing Him out there. And if you, if, I don't want to throw a wrench in the works, or but just to throw another thing out: when Jesus was walking, how did the disciples know where to go and what to do when Jesus was walking the earth?
2: They followed Him.
0: They followed him. Yeah, he says, we're going to go over here. In fact, right here, he says, let's go back down to Judea. Wait a second. We're not going to Judea. They're trying to stone you down there. See, so he's going to say, we're going to go down. They didn't have to figure out where to go. He was doing this. How oh, do you and I know how to what we're supposed to do today? Because we now have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us in those things. The Holy Spirit is leading us. It's a whole... But he doesn't talk about that. He's going to act... He will actually talk about that in the upper room. (laughs) He's going to tell us about that when we get there. Yeah.
2: So why does he... So the, the Rabbi, the Jews are just now seeking to stone you and you're going there again. And then why does he say, hey, are,
0: there not, 12 what, words, are there not twelve hours in other day? he says, We've got a limited amount of time for me to yeah, do these no. works. Okay. You know. We got a limited sure. amount of time. I've got to do these works while I'm here, so you can walk in the light and see And his time hasn't
2: come.
0: And his time hasn't come. And yeah. he knows that.
2: Yeah, yeah, they they say they're gonna kill you, they're gonna stone you. you know, no, they're not. He knows. He
0: knows
1: we're not. Right, yeah. he knows
0: they not. That's yeah. Right. So then verse 11, this he said, and after that he says to them. So now <laughs> just he just gets on saying that, and then notice the next thing he says. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. And so they're looking at this, and they're, well, what's their statement? Verse 12. <laughs> well, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he's going to recover. In other words, they're going, he's. They don't understand. He's sick and yeah sick people get really tired and they sleep a long time but that's also they can get better right well,
1: verse
2: 13
0: yeah. But now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that word thought is a form of our word glory. this is a good place to illustrate that, that the base of our word glory to means to think or be of the opinion. They were of the opinion that he was speaking of and our the numerical sense is literal sleep but the difference is between these two words, when he's talking about this here in verse 13 as he's talking about koima'o, which is like to sleep in a bed, okay? And then the word kupno, like to be in a, we say, a hypnotic state. And so they think you're just talking about, oh, you're groggy, you can't keep your eyes open, and you're sleeping like that. But he's actually talking about death. They don't get that yet. <laughs> so Jesus, Jesus tells them. so Jesus therefore said to them, Plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that he was not, that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now, they've already believed, but remember, faith in this Old Testament context needed to be reinforced by signs and signs and signs. That doesn't mean they took 10 times believing before they got saved. They could believe one time and be saved, but to continue to direct faith at Jesus and what he could do, that continued needing needing signs again and again which is not the way you and I are to live. If, you, if God says something before you, you need to take it by faith and not sit and say, God, I want a sign. Now give me another sign. Now give me another sign. You're supposed to look at it by faith and operate on what he says. But prior, prior to the day of Pentecost, prior to the, the beginning of, of the church, this faith back then needed signs again. So we're not to be Gideon. God consumed the offering. Now put make the fleece wet. Now make the fleece dry. We're well, not to do that. That so you is not. us.
1: That even those that believed that were with Jesus including the disciples needed to keep having signs or to keep having
0: faith. Yeah, that's right. And not to not, to, not to keep having salvation. faith so they could be saved, Right. But, not yeah. for
1: salvation but to for to let Jesus. Be saved. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. verse
0: Verse 13 this is this is John yeah that's John's commentary to explain yeah because because he's one of the guys he's one of the guys standing around there going oh oh he's taking a nap <laughs> he's going no, we were wrong he's inclu- he's included in this but he's right he's looking at it as a third-party observer not a first-hand hey we thought this he doesn't write this in the first person this is a fulfillment Writes about it in the book that the spirit gives him supernatural remembrance. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's writing this, what, six years after the fact? That's so right. He writes heard. it like it was yesterday.
2: This is this the first time that we see this falling asleep? The first time it's ever been, instead of saying dead? I can't
0: asleep. speak to that right now. Because, I don't know. Yeah. I just course,
2: that's four.
0: Yeah, That's the way it. It yeah. pictures death as being in a state of sleep, yes. Because yeah. it's not permanent for us. Verse 16, then Thomas, who is called Didymus, or the twin, also one of the fellow disciples, he says, well, let us also go that we may die with him. Let's all go so we can die. And Why Jesus, <laughs> another, I, don't, he doesn't, I don't think he really understands the significance of what Jesus is doing. I think all of these disciples are clueless at this point. They're still clueless. That's the whole thing. They they miss stuff left and right during this. But you know, by their missing stuff, then things have to be explained and you and I get to learn stuff in the process. So it goes on. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany, what what's the question? Well, because they think, oh, Jesus said that this is for the glory of God, so this might be a good thing. Oh, yeah. You know, so they're just like, oh, okay. Like it's resignation. Yeah. Are we trying to do like good works? It may be. I mean, look at what Pete, Peter later on here, just not too long after this, he's going to be going, hey, I'm ready to die for you. And I think he was in the garden. Because when he pulls. He's he's standing there in front of possibly 600 Roman soldiers. It said it was a spirea of soldiers. And he pulls his sword out, and he lops a guy's ear off. That's an idiot. Two swords among 13 well, 12 guys at that time, because Judas is on the other side. And he pulls one of those swords in front of all those soldiers. (laughs) Trained trained soldiers.
1: That means he was ready to.
0: So he really was ready to die. He just didn't know what it was going to be like to be sifted as wheat, which is, it's but like that's, pop. it's like a way that people want to commit suicide by cop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I don't even know what that means. Suicide by cop. You pull a gun Your out. The cops are there. The cops are there. Me. You're like, you shoot me out of terror. Oh. Yeah. And you, they do that because yeah. they know they're going to be, be killed. You Swing at them or something like
0: that. I have, I've never heard that, yeah. that expression or if I have, Cause I Because I'd
1: rather do that than go to jail.
0: Okay. No, apparently not. So verse 17, actually, absolutely Privilege! No, yes. Verse 17, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near to Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary sat and continued to stay in the house. And Martha, therefore, said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. So she has confidence that the Lord could have
1: healed, healed him. Not saved.
0: Because they had seen lots of healings. Yeah. They had, they had, your Bible says has saved him. Verse twenty one. Verse twenty one, yeah. If he had been here, my brother would not have died. So that's implying he, he could have healed him. Yes. Saved
2: him from death. Yeah,
0: he could have yes. kept him from dying. Yeah, which our brother died.
1: So you're saying healed but not saved? Or is it the same thing? Well, I think. Saved from saying sure. No, it's just said saved. I'm saying like, if she's referring as to you would have been here, you would have saved him from dying. Yes. Yes. Physical death.
0: Which would have been healing. So healing and save in that sense are the same idea in this this idea here.
1: But it really
0: is a scolding, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, she, scolding. yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's upset with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And let me get back to my place. So yeah. oh, in verse great. 22, even now You're I know back. that whatever you ask God, God will give you. What's she kind of doing there when she makes that statement?
2: She's asking him to make him come back. Yes.
0: I don't think she's do- asking on, that. No, no, not based on what's going to happen in the context. I think that there's, I think she has a mental disconnect between Jesus being God. God. Ask is a subordinate. Yeah, she's, oh, she still doesn't, let's put it this way. These people are, they're acknowledging Jesus as God, but they're struggling with what that means. God. Well... And, you know, we look at that and we're going, well, man, Jesus is God. Why couldn't these people see that? Well, he's a guy like them. And like the disciples, they walk with him and he's, they're walking from Jerusalem back up to, to, to uh, Galilee. And he gets tired and hungry in the middle of the day and has to sit down on a well and they got to run to town and get food for him. And they're going, this is God? And then they come back, and he's talking to this Samaritan woman. I mean, I'm just telling you, we've got incidences like this. They're on the boat, and he gets tired, and he has to lay down on the boat and take a nap. You know? I'm sure in their minds it was like, I can verbally acknowledge that you're God, but there's another way that I'm having problems putting all this together, what this actually yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think if we would have been there, we'd, I, we'd be in the same situation. We'd be going, yeah, you're God. Ooh. I'm pretty sure yeah, you are.
1: <laughs> so, would she be saying, like, um, it says, uh, in then said, Martin to Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been there, um, um, whosoever thou wilt ask of God, I will give it thee. So, would she, is she saying that she's going to ask the Father or
0: Jesus? Did? No. She wants Jesus. She wants Jesus. Or she, she's saying, yes, I, I mean, know that if you ask, but if you, lit, if you heard a comment Josh meant, or asked, this word, aiteo, that's the word that's translated ask here. And iteo means to be a lesser, asking a greater. There is another word, erata'o, which meant to ask between equals. And that's used. So she's she kind of implying, you have to ask the father for this. And uses iteo to kind of indicate that. She knows that she's lower well than Well, no, I think she's, she's showing that she doesn't believe. That that Jesus can ask as an equal. No, it's yeah, not she's not saying whatever you Jesus ask God, Right. and so she's implying in some way, I, I say you're God, but you're lesser than God. And again, i have just—it's demonstrated that these people are struggling to put this together in their minds. Yeah, I think that there's Christians that can believe the gospel, but they struggle. Really, what does it mean for Jesus?
1: Really, to God. Yeah. And, mm-hmm.
0: So let's go on and see what he says. Even uh, verse 23. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. An interesting study to do, which we're not doing tonight. But an interesting study is to go through the Old Testament. And see that the Old Testament believers had, they had a hope, a promise that they were gonna resurrect. Because there are some people that say, resurrection's a New Testament idea. No, it was in the Old Testament. Job, probably the oldest written book in our Bible. Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. And even after this flesh is gone, out with my own eyes, out from my own eyes, I will see him. What does that mean? If this flesh is gone, but for with my own eyes? No he's, he's He's anticipating resurrection. And, and that's not the only that's but that's one of the the Old Testament statements so here Martha says I know he's going to rise in the resurrection the last day and then Jesus said and this this is our one of our key texts in here because we're looking for I am I am statements where Jesus uses that Greek expression I am and he says I am I am the resurrection and the life it's not Just that God the Father is the resurrection. I am. Right out of Exodus 3, the I am. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he happens to die. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall, and we got a problem here we're going to talk about in a second, shall never die, which is not completely accurate. Do you believe this? So Jesus goes, I'm the resurrection and the life. Now we could go through it. We're, let's walk through these, and if we get through this tonight, I will be happy if we finish these up because this is, I think, important for us. What if, we don't? if we don't get these, I am going to be it's very started. sad. <laughs> <laughs> but turn to John five. Keep your finger here, or whatever you do. How do you, you don't put your finger if you have a? Are you going to say twenty, verse
1: twenty-two?
0: John five twenty-two. I was gonna make a comment on that that you uh you know, On like, John five twenty two? For yeah. even the father judge does not judge anyone? And then we're verse twenty-three. That all men might honor the son as they honor the father. Was the... Mary doing that? Or Martha? Oh, she's not no. No. She's she's making a mm-hmm. distinction. Right. I lost my five. Yeah. I need something to she's not disrespect Jesus. She's Mark <laughs> like my page. The yeah. She is, she's, she's making a distinction in a way that she's, yeah, not honoring him in this way. So now if you go on down here in this context, but you go down to, um, let's go down to verse 28. He's talked about his ability to judge and such. and And then that, he says, do not be amazed by this for an hour is coming in which all those who are in the graves will hear the voice or his voice and they will come out. The ones that have done good to a resurrection of life. And if you want a definition for doing good, mark in your Bibles 6, 28, and 29, the very next section, he's going to have people say, what good thing might we do that we have eternal life? And Jesus is going to say, this is the work of God. Believe in the one that he sent. In other words, the only thing you can do that's good at all is to believe because there's no good work you can do. So he says, those that have done good, to a resurrection of life, those that have done worthless. Some of your Bibles are going to have evil or wicked, but it's just worthless. They spent their whole life doing all kinds of stuff. They may have been the most religious, dedicated person in the world, but it was all works. And it's, it's worthless. It's fa- fall on. Yeah. Yeah. It's fall on. It's worthless. They've, it's not that they did bad stuff necessarily. They just practiced stuff that was didn't mean anything. They were the people in John 6 that said, what good works might we work To do the works of God. And he says, well, it's to believe. Oh, we don't want to believe. We want to do works. Give us works to do. And he says, they're doing, they're practicing, literally in the Greek it's proso. They're practicing worthless things. They come out to a resurrection of judgment. Two judgments, by the way, are two resurrections that John, this is John writing here, who will write Revelation, will tell you two resurrections that are distinguished by at least a thousand years. Jesus doesn't tell you that there's a thousand years between those, but there's a resurrection to life and a resurrection to judgment. He doesn't tell you that in this context, but he says that's when this is going to happen. And so they, but he says in the, this is the the key point. The reason we came over here, it says in verse twenty-eight, those that are in the graves are going to. What's it say? Hear, hear, hear what? Voice. His voice. Whose voice? Jesus's mm-hmm. voice. That's why he says, "I'm the resurrection." I'm the resurrection. So
1: he's going to go down.
0: He's well. I don't think he even has to do that. He'll be, be. I think time. he can come here, and he could he could stand here, or be up here in the air, and he could we're say. about after when he comes back. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. would be so out here when we were talking about this. When he comes back in the air for us that are part of the church, he can call us in the dead. It's the First Thessalonians says that he comes back, and that there's a shout, and those that are in the graves they all come out. They're standing on the earth. Those people that have been living. We're standing on the earth, and we all gonna get caught up together to meet him at the same time. See? and so this is this is our this is our resurrection to life. Okay, you don't know it here, but there's five or six different resurrections, and Jesus is just talking about resurrection in general, uh, distinguishing. Later, later, it's laid out in scripture that there's whole there's different groups of resurrection. Yeah. So let's go over to the book of 1 Corinthians. Let's go over to the book of 1 Corinthians and find chapter 15 when we get there. So John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15. Can you say it again, Bruce? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, where are we going? Um Let's see. Wow, I have to find it because I didn't actually write it down here. That's my problem here.
1: I only wrote
0: down First Corinthians 15. I, I thought. I guess I thought I would. No, no, no. It's in the middle of the chapter, and it's the statement that says. What? 16. 16. Let's see if 16.
1: Dead
0: or not raised no oh, no nope, nope. it's the statement that says it says by one by man all died by man all are made alive and I'm just not seeing it there it is let's go down to verse 20 let's go to first Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians 1520. I'm sorry I should have should have finished writing out that the rest of that verse there on my page First Corinthians 15:20 it says but now Christ has been raised out from the dead of first fruits first fruits was a sample. A sample of those who have fallen asleep. Fallen asleep, perfect tense, meaning they fell asleep with the result. They're still sleeping. So there's people that have died. They're still dead. That's what he's getting at. But he's a sample of what's to come. For since through man came death. Adam sinned. Way back here, we are doing this timeline earlier. We were talking, Leslie was talking to us about their history class. And so I wrote a kind of a biblical timeline. So back here with Adam, Adam ate the fruit. Through man, through Adam, came death. Paul says in Romans 5:12, through one man, death, or sin entered into the world, and through sin, death. So that started way back here. So he goes. For since through man, death came, through man, is the resurrection from the dead. For, verse 22, for by Adam, that's the way I would take this, I wouldn't say in, for by Adam, all die, Adam was the means of all people coming to die, so also, or in a similar way, by Christ, all will be made alive. Didn't it say some? All. We just saw that in John 5. Both the, Both the ones that have done worthless things as well as those that have done good, those that have believed, all of them are going to be raised, but some to a resurrection of life, some to a resurrection of judgment. But he's going to raise everybody. When this is all said and done, there won't be a single dead person left. They will either be living people that are in some relationship with God, or they will be living people that are separated from God in the lake of fire. But they're all going to be alive. Got that? All but the Giants. All but the Giants, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say about a football team. <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't, shouldn't be making jokes Because this is a big deal, yeah. This was a very big deal that he's talking about. So yes. um, the first death came through Adam.
1: Um, were they all just waiting down there
0: still? Well, the nobody, time? nobody was in here. So this, this is. So Adam's the first person. Adam's first person to die, and from that time, everybody that died, because because nobody yeah. lived before this. So so there were, were no people. Going
1: to there, right?
0: So everybody's yeah. going here when they die. Believers, and that, believers yeah. go so here. Unbelievers go there. There's no more. And yeah. Well, and now all when the unsaved,
1: the unsaved are still. And now when
0: Jesus rose again, yes. there's
1: still
0: people. Yes. yes. When You're Jesus unsaved. died, the Bible tells us that Jesus went no, the, Jesus went three days and three days. doesn't say in the crust of the earth up here, it says in the heart of the earth. I hate it. Modern commentators are trying to argue oh, heart of the earth, that was just being put in a grave up here. Baloney. He meant in the heart of the earth. That's why he uses that terminology. He knew what he was talking about. The problem is, they don't like this idea that the Bible actually gives a lot of information about. It's more than just two or three verses. This is really laid out very carefully in Scripture. And as a result of not teaching that, there are Christians that do not understand what death is like for us. And they don't understand what the Bible says about it. We... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna get preachy here. But the thing well, is was, Nine of Ephesians
1: four says he ascended. What does it mean except that he descended into the lower parts
0: of the earth? And seriously, and, and I I just taught through that not long ago in the study on Ephesians, and I would and I'm telling you almost all the commentators on Ephesians if, that are more modern, they all say this is this is the lower parts of the earth. <laughs> Or they simply mean it just descended from heaven to earth. I'm like, I don't know how you take lower parts of the earth to mean on the surface of the earth. Anyway. And this is why this is why this is important for us. This is why this is important for us. You and I as a believer should not fear death. And if it if and if If death is what God has planned for me tonight, I ought to welcome it, not sit there and go out of this world kicking and screaming going, no, one more minute. It's baloney. Paul said to die and be with him is much better. He didn't say, it's okay. He said it's much better than this. The problem is, we're the ones that have problem because I'm like, I miss this person. I miss that person. That hurts.
2: You know, you can take Paul's word for it.
0: Because he did die, yeah. He's stoned. God let him, he's he's the only person we know writing on the New Testament side to knew what it was like to go through this and God let him say anything about that. And he couldn't tell you anything because God says, all I can tell you is I got a hear stuff it's pretty good. But I can't tell you because not possible, Paul says, that's 2 Corinthians 12. Anyway. So all of that to say, Jesus descends, just trying to give you a picture here from what Leslie was talking about, when he Jesus. dies, he descends, and when he ascends, when he resurrects, he takes this, takes all these
1: people. And it says he led captives captive.
0: And he takes them up there, and he moves this place that was called paradise.
1: Call
0: and he moves paradise up here. So he, takes paradise. so he moves paradise. Paradise is now up there at the edge. You read 2 Corinthians, Paul says paradise is at the edge of the third heaven. And that's not Mormon doctrine. That's 2 Corinthians. It says that it's at the edge of the... We're in first heaven. Yeah. First heaven is yeah. air. Second heaven is... Ronnie says is the stars. Third heaven is what we would call God's throne. Okay, for lack of a better way of
1: putting
0: it. So, he's moved paradise way out there. But when Jesus died and was going to the heart of the earth, what did he tell the 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 uh, the King James, the malefactor, I can't the, the criminal on the cross with him? Oh, oh. I you in paradise. today you'll be with me in paradise why because jesus was going down here and he wasn't going to leave here until after three days and three nights and then he was going to move all those people up there and he said today he doesn't say tomorrow he doesn't say in three days he says today you're going to be with me in paradise because jesus was going ahead of him because they had to come along and break their legs jesus died prematurely they, didn't, they thought, what, that's weird. Yeah, nobody dies. In... Sure. Yeah. yeah, but from their right, point of right, view, nobody right, died in six hours. Right, yeah, that's not... So. So, can I ask sure. yes. you question? Sure. Maybe you try. So, if we say, Sheol, Abraham's bosom, was the lower parts of the earth, and the chasm was the lower part, and the, the place of torment was the lowest, it would see, and we know from... Luke sixteen, that those in the lowest
1: in torment can communicate with those in Abraham's bosom. It would seem when it says Christ went to the lower parts that he was in the chasm. Talk. That's what
0: it looks like. Yeah, because he went down here because he made a proclamation. Josh went over that the last two weeks of this. He made a proclamation to some spirits that were down there that sinned in Noah's day. He tells us that he went and made a proclamation the spirits who sinned during the days yes. of Noah. Was second
1: Peter the yes.
0: Why did he make a proclamation? Because they tried to do something to defeat him. And he went down there and says, ha, I just won. By doing what? By dying on a cross. He beat them. He beat them at the very thing that they tried to do in the days of Noah to stop. Okay. I hope you're all, I hope you're following this and you're not all, I hope, hope this is all fitting together. Okay, <laughs> well, so I'm sure
2: Victor is. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's
0: okay, so I'm just trying to think here. If so if you
1: go to the Book of Genesis, you will find at least three or four times where it says that Jacob said he was going to go to Sheol. <laughs> yeah. Sheol, Sheol, Sheol The old the old testament yeah, name for it. says it a bunch of times.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, David's, and David and David says you David saved, saved me from Boboa Sheol. Sheol. And Moses says, mm-hmm. You have set a fire in Sheol on the foundations or the base base of the mountains that eventually he says will consume the whole world. Which it's going to. God eventually is gonna let that go out and it's gonna and it's gonna actually destroy everything. It's gonna start there. But it's gonna destroy the entire cosmos. And then God will create new heavens and new earth. Second Peter, Revelation. And he says righteousness will settle down there. And you know why God tells us this stuff? so that you and I quit just looking at this life and we get down here and we're looking at all these little details of our life and going, nah, 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 and we fuss over all that. Nah, nah. We're going, we've got so much better stuff out there in the future. And it keeps us focused on what God's gonna do in the future rather than becoming so weird. Mark Conrad, we're belly button gazers. We're looking down, looking, instead of realizing that doesn't mean we're ignoring what God has for us in life. I I but we're not so obsessed. What would you say? I wish I could still see my belly button.
2: I can't in a mirror.
0: Anyway, sorry. Okay. Point being. Point mean all of this and Peter says that Peter says one of the reasons that we are told that this is going to be destroyed and one of the reasons we're told that God's going to create new heavens and new earth so that it makes us think about how we live this life right now that we live this life in holiness and godliness rather than running around like mice chasing after the same stupid stuff everybody else out in the world is chasing after why are we like them we shouldn't be that's one of the things that the new testament christians were different by and we should be too Our lives ought to be characterized by people that have the light consisting of life and are looking forward to a Lord coming back with better things. And so we ought to live like that now as we interact with people, as we do our jobs.
1: So it should change our perspective on our everyday lives.
0: That's exactly what it should do. Yeah, exactly. There's a guy by the name of David James. Never met the guy. Passed away in October. Um, but I corresponded with him through Facebook because he was part of a group that I was part of. He developed COVID, was in the hospital, and when he was first in there and was pretty sick, his daughter came in there, and she she shared this when her father died on there. She shared quite a post on it, but she said, and I was trying to remember who this was, just last week, Peg and I were talking about this, and he came in there that day, and he says, it's a win-win either way. And she goes, goes, if I live through this I get to go on and keep serving you guys but if I die it's a personal win for me that I get I get to move on I get to move on ahead of you guys it's a win-win see uh-huh. so he could look at that saying hey if God wants me to stay and serve like Paul Paul says God if you want me to stay and serve I'll serve if you want me to go home I'm ready to go Paul wanted to go but he knew oh, God probably want me to stick around here and serve you guys a little bit longer Anyway, all of this to put in perspective when Jesus says That
1: reminds says, me of because that's exactly what he said. Um, He went to the doctor one day, they opened him up, they sewed him back up, they said, You have cancer, you have might get your affairs in order. He lived twenty more years. Oh my
2: holy holy and
1: when Gary's mother had cancer, he came in and he said well, it's a win-win. If you die, you get to go to heaven. If you stay here, it's good too. And I n- never have forgotten him saying that. Yeah, he lived 20 more years after that. Can you imagine?
0: Yeah. You imagine? Mm-hmm. That Did he live on Kalaupapa? Mm-hmm. And does anybody? back to Paul's comments. Does anybody remember what Paul's kind of parting words, his bye-bye, the one key statement about his death that he kind of... That, what? Yeah, he does say that, just a couple statements ahead of that. Just.
2: He says that. What? What can do?
0: Yeah, he says, he will rescue me from every evil work. When that Roman sword came down on the back of his neck and separated his head from his body, it's the last bad thing you guys can do to me blast it that's it's done it's over you guys can't do another thing to me because he was going to be in glory they were advancing him to glory now obviously that was god's plan because god the first time saved him from the lion he says but this second time he was pretty sure that god was going to let him go home that way and he was yeah he was ready to go home He's. Well, he wasn't eaten by a lion. He was beheaded because he was a Roman citizen.
2: When was Yeah,
0: stone. yeah. And whether he was...
1: Was he not ready for
0: I don't know if he was or not at that time. Can't say that. But, so anyway, all of this to say Jesus is the resurrection and life. We didn't get to the life part of this. We'll come back and we'll look at the life part of this. In two weeks. In two weeks, yes. Because next week... Yeah, so next week at home, you can celebrate not having Bible study by reading through John 11, like four times. Celebrate.
2: Celebrate. So, what? So, December 1st will be the next one yep. here.
0: Yes. Okay, I'm going to stop this.